Welcome to the Student Ministry Matters podcast. We want to encourage, equip, and connect those with a passion to impact the next generation for Jesus Christ. Student ministry can be a lonely place. You might even feel like you're the only one in your church or community that cares about students. Well, know this, you're not alone. People all across the country are engaging Gen Z and care deeply about the spiritual direction of these young men and women. Whether you're full-time, part-time, bivocational, or volunteer, if you have a heart for students, this is the place for you. Welcome to Student Ministry Matters. My name is Dan Carson, and I'm thrilled to have you join us for today's conversation about student ministry. On today's podcast, Micah and I are going to be talking about worship in your student ministry. Micah, thanks for joining us for today's podcast. What's up, guys? Hey, student ministry people. How are y'all doing? Hope y'all are doing okay. Praying for you all. Dan, it's awesome to be here. Man, I love uh, what's happening with our podcast. I love that you are part of this, Micah. Um, it's a it's a friendship, but it's you know so much more than that. And so I'm excited. Well, today's topic is one that Micah and I have worked uh, with quite a bit. I've been a youth and worship pastor in many of the churches that I've served in, and Micah has led worship throughout his ministry. However, even if you aren't leading worship and can only play the radio, it's something that we must all address. Uh, before we get to our topic, though, it's time for a random question of the week. And each week we'll be answering a question to help you get to know us. And as a reminder, if you have a question for us, we'd love to hear uh, that question. So send it to info at studentministrymatters.com. And so the question for this week, Micah, is it's actually twofold. How long have you been married? And what does a date night look like for you and your spouse? Oh, man. Wow. Okay. So we haven't been married just forever, but my wife and I have joyfully and wonderfully celebrated. We'll celebrate 11 years this coming May. I'm super, super proud of her lasting that long. Um, <laughs> uh, but date nights, so typically, uh, when, you know, when I was in ministry full time uh, here recently, Fridays were our, we would take our son to the preschool. And so during the day, we would have like a, a date night. We'd go like putt-putt golf. And Dan, I'll just let you know, she is awesome at that. And I am horrible. She beats me every time. Uh, we go to the movies. We love the movies. I think the last movie we saw together on Friday, like the matinees, were, uh, was uh, Toy Story 4. Nice. Yeah, pretty deep stuff over in this house. Um <laughs> but uh, that's kind of what it looks like. And then if, if we go out to eat or something, we'll go to Olive Garden and, you know, just kind of dress up a little bit. And, you know, sh she loves that kind of stuff because Olive Garden's her, you know, she, 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 her heart beats for Olive Garden's bread and salad. So, well, I'm going to put in a shameless plug for a place up here in Northwest Arkansas. If you're ever up here, um, you need to try noodles. And Ooh. I don't know if you've eaten there before, but that's what my wife loves. She loves that. So that is a great date night for us if we go out and we eat. My wife and I, we've been married for 26 years. Um, wow. Yeah, I know. It's a long time. You're As old. you and Chris have reminded me, I'm old. That's okay. Uh, but now that the kids are out of the, the house, the date night looks a little bit different. Um, you know, I, and I'll be real, real transparent here. Date night hasn't always happened for us. I didn't always make that a priority the way that I could or I should have done. But um, now with them gone, we can make it breakfast. And so um, for Valentine's Day, we went out for breakfast and, um, you know, another time we'll go out for lunch. And it's just it's a little bit different. The only small person we have at our house is our dog. 
Um, so, you know, it's, it, it looks a little bit different, but it's a whole lot of fun. Um, now I don't have to worry about, you know, like you're still changing the diaper, aren't you? Yes, I am. It's fantastic. <laughs> so you need a break. I mean, that's it. You I'm so <laughs> tired, dude. I, we sleep very little because we just took the uh, PACI away. We just took, last week we just took the pacifier away. So man, we are not sleeping very much. And also, you know, bless my wife's heart. You know, she tries to get up while I'm working. You know that. And yeah, man, just getting, date nights are like a unicorn like when i see one i like try to shoot it so i can show my friends that it's real or something like (laughs) well my word of advice for everyone listening is take that time invest in your spouse because before you know it if you have kids in the house they'll be gone and then you'll be going oh do i know this person that's sitting across the room from me when it's really quiet and everything is still in the house and so invest in that time well um Let's get back to our topic. We're talking about worship in our student ministry and specifically musical worship. Um, there's all sorts of worship in our lives, things that we focus in on. But as youth workers, we have a responsibility to not only disciple our students in the Word, and that's a huge responsibility, but we must help them grow in other disciplines as well. And, and to me, worship needs to be on that list. Throughout the Bible, we find a call for people to sing, and singing is not the only way we worship, but it is definitely an important part of worship for all believers. Uh, One of the exciting things for me recently, in in the past three years, we've had a chance to go to the Sing Conference in Nashville. And man, to hear theologians speak about this concept of of worship, the importance of it, the significance of it, um, man, that's it's hard to beat. And so, one, that's a... Uh, again, a plug for for Sing Conference. If you have that opportunity, go listen to the Gettys and all the the guys that they pull in. But and take some time with it because they're as student pastors, as, as student ministry workers, we have a tendency to to be known as little as surface. You know, it's we're not very deep. But man, when you take some time and really look at the the lyrics of what you're singing and spending time around that concept. It can make a significant difference in your students, um, but you know you may not be you may be a youth worker who doesn't know much about music, but you can and need to have an influence in this area. And so, what I wanted to do today was just talk about a few things that I think that are important as we spend time with this concept, as we look at our own student ministry. If if worship, musical worship, is involved at all, it needs to be um, thought through. And we take some time with it. So the first thing that I, that I have on my list is one is that you work with what you have. Uh, many of us can get caught up in what we do not have. We don't have a drummer. We don't have a guitar player. And the list goes on. So just simply start with what you have. If you want to have musical worship be a part of your your group time, your your worship time. If you have a vocalist, but you don't have any other musicians, start with lyric videos. You can download the videos and have one or two of your students lead the group to worship and engage with that music. Um, that's how I started at Temple in, in Rogers is that we didn't have a group that could actually play for us at that point, uh, but we found some videos that would work for us and we built on that. And then we had others come in and, and help. And by the end of it, we had a worship band that actually led worship at a local camp. I mean, they were, it was some significant things that were going on in their lives. Uh, Micah, what does what does youth look worship look like in in your your ministries, in the different places you've been involved? 
what does the worship look like? Well, you, most places that we were ministering at, we were having to kind of kind of start up a band. Um, like at our first ministry in Bigelow, you know, we only had six students, and then probably within about three months, I went about three days a week to the school and just started start just started recruiting and sharing the gospel with teachers and trying to be comfortable, you know, not be pushy and and uh, man, I'll tell you that was an awesome time. Um, to be able to just go out there and spend time. But as we grew, you know, I started noticing that there were different instruments, right? Um, the guy could play guitar, or, or and then I would just play drums at first, and then we didn't have a sound system. Um, and so we'd have one of the young ladies sing, and then we'd have another young lady sing. And then we found out that the electric guitarist had a good friend that was a bass player, and uh, then it became like a heavy metal band because then they brought their heavy metal drummer. And so when we led worship, it was always with a lot more distortion than is in a typical worship song. <laughs> but, uh, man, those guys rocked, like Brennan and, and just those guys that, you know, and that was been 13 years ago. But uh, we, you know, we grew into a band and had ladies uh, and some guys rotate in and then, you know, uh, worship just grew. And then we went to Fort Worth, you know, kind of a larger ministry there. Um, you know, they already had a band and we just added some extra instrument instruments like a violin. And, uh, you know, when we went to first Damascus, it was kind of a intact student ministry of about 12 or 15. And we just kind of started, I, I don't know, man, I, I guess because my wife and I are musicians, Dan, that, you know, we, we kind of, I guess, identified with other people that we're into some kind of music, yeah. you know, and, you know, I, I don't know if it's a mark in our ministry or, but my wife and I met at CBC and, uh, you know, through the scholarship singing group. And, and so we're both really musical and love to, to worship Jesus and serve him by playing an instrument or singing and really me on the instruments and her singing because I, I can't sing very well, but, uh, you know, just, so I guess when we talk to, to students, we maybe lean towards asking what music they're listening to. You know, mm, yeah. Um, and so even at Park Place, when I was there, you know, as their student pastor, they had a decent group of about 20. And so we kind of already had a quasi band. And, uh, you know, we, we were trying to always grow into different uh, to kind of rotating people through um, different different types of, you know, like having a, a backup acoustic player or whatever, you know. But by far, all of it, the hardest part uh, in those ministries was trying to make sure that everybody was on time practiced and ready to to play their instrument or sing for student ministry because their life was so busy dan i mean yeah, yeah. their lives are so busy and and we get it because our lives are busy but and then also throw on on top of that they're them trying to schedule everything else um and not scheduling the practice for worship and god first because it's just i mean we don't live it all the time dan you know and their parents maybe don't live it and so they kind of put god last in that regard but um, we tried to hold them accountable for at every church. We tried to hold them yeah. accountable to their instrument. And so like I, as a kind of a kind of extreme, but I would have the students at Park Place sign a, a uh, kind of affirmation and put their name to something, a powerful document, basically just let them see uh, what, what they were doing on paper. So and, and they all kind of signed this thing at the bottom saying they would commit to do this. Um, and it wouldn't like, you know, a binding contract or anything, but just uh, in a way to show them that what they were doing was meaningful and good. And it mentioned a lot of verses about, you know, how to make a joyful noise and, and how important it is to, to, to commit to what God, the talents that God has given us and to, and then using that through service. And, uh, you know, I didn't hold them to, I guess I did hold them to it, but I didn't like 
lord it over them, right? You know, I kind of wanted to yeah. remind them in those times of semester tests to be like, hey, remember, like, this is not a small thing. Like, you sign to God in a way, this your, your heart to serve him with this instrument. And so just make sure that you keep that a priority. And if you can't, hey, listen, come talk to us um, and, you know, we can help help you you know, give you a break for a certain amount of time because we understand, you know, we all need breaks. So that's kind of just what we did trying to, to make sure their commitment was good and their accountability, that they had accountability. So, well, I had, I had, um, this next one further down on the list, but you've already talked about it quite a bit. So I want to bring it up. Um, you know, we need to work with what we have. So whatever you have, that's where you start. If you are a youth group of five, and you want to make musical worship a part of it, then you have to figure out how does that work and what does that look like with with what you have there. Um, but you you went on and talked about not only um, some of the things that they did, but you talked about expecting rehearsals. So if you have students who are going to be a part of that worship, expect rehearsals. Um, ask a lot of them. And so our second thing is expect rehearsals. It's vital that your students practice together before performing together. It makes sense, but since it's not Sunday worship, we often don't give it the same weight. Um, encourage your students to practice and prepare for your student ministry meetings. And I, I like what you you talked about. You you wanted them to commit to those type of things, and it's hard, especially when we know that they're maybe trying to balance a job, um, school, band, or athletics, or you know any number of things. Well, and if they're a musician, then they may already be in choir, and they may be in band, and they may have a whole list of things. Um, well, the next one is this. We want to use students as much as possible. Um, whether they're playing or leading, it's better for them to be on stage, honestly, in, in a group of students than it is for an adult to be on stage in that place. This might not always be possible, but to me, it's the better solution. Um, you know, I really enjoyed when we developed that student ministry worship band at Temple Church where I was at is they did it. They'd rehearse. Um, I had one of my adult volunteers who would lead them and train them. But when it came time for worship, they were the ones up on stage. They made mistakes. It didn't sound great all the time. But you know what? They learned and they growed during that time. And now my my son is actually a, a worship arts major at Washington Baptist University. And part of that is because he was able to take some steps in that direction. Now, I do have a good question for you, Michael. What are some of the dangers of using students to help lead? Inconsistency. There it is. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just drop that down there where it is. <laughs> You know, because bless their hearts, you know, they're already struggling with so many new things. Like, and most of the kids nowadays are dealing with not just depression and all the stuff that adults deal with. And, and, you know, we used to roll our eyes at that in high school when I was in high school, you know, in 2000, you know, three to 2006 were those high school years for me. And people would roll my eyes, roll their eyes at, you know, kids having to deal with pressure. But man, we have such, we, they have such pressures. They do, Dan. Yeah. But, uh, you know, but also in the, the pressures and dangers of that, you know, they struggle with their own commitment. They so see where you and I are, where, you know, like the uh, super summer uh, worship team or the soil worship team, they see where they're at. And they're just like, oh, I want that. And as is typical of every person, including adults in the culture, we, we want to, to get where professionals are without the practice. And, and that's where students struggle and we need to shape them. And, you know, 
I, I mentioned earlier the different kinds of ways that because Rachel and I's heart was in worship, how it, at every church it kind of was a little easier for us, you know, to find those worship people. But, you know, I didn't get to say this earlier, Dan, but worship has looked so different, even with the different bands that we started in all those areas. And and the dangers that they had when they were coming to practice was, you know, apathy. Like after just a couple months, they kind of lose the spark of, you know, joining in the ministry with this opportunity to serve Christ and playing an instrument. And then they get kind of numb to it, you know, which let's face it, every student ministry listening right now identifies with that because they sign up, you know, so they had a great student pastor as a kid, right? Or, you know, they had a, an incredible student pastor's wife or something. And so they, they just idolize these people, but then they take on that ministry themselves in their young adult life. And what happens? They get numb, they get apathetic and they get sad or, and it, because it doesn't look like the previous person did. And it just looks so different when you're going through it yourself. And, but, you know, we want to serve God no matter what guys. And, and no matter the, the struggles that the students are having or we're having, you know, we need to make sure that we're using our students uh, to lead worship because that's huge. I mean, students seeing another student step up on top of everything else that they see each other doing in the school changes the, the heart to the people listening to the song because they go, man, you know, there's Katie Clifton up there. You know, one of my students from Brian, she's up there, she's in the hallways, I see her, you know, she's a popular girl, but man, I see her in this youth group of 40 to 50 people, and I, I look up there and I see her worshiping Jesus, and it just helps you kind of blend and, and, and understand that life isn't separate from school and church and personal, you know, like, those are very much relative things, and one of, one of the uh, dangers of using students, I think, to help lead are they burn out, right? That's one. The second thing that I think that there's dangers of of them and using students to lead worship is they're not experienced. Um, mm, yeah. They're just not. I mean, think about it. You know, you have a new young person sign up and they go, yes, I want to serve Jesus and play, you know, an instrument. And typically the student minister is hilarious because to me because I've done it. Typically, the student minister is like, yeah, I'll teach you piano, guitar, drums, whatever. And then they, you know, we'll have a date and we'll select the date and, and you can be up there and play your first time. And there's all those nerves of discipleship and those amazing relationships that you're weaving in that time. And But then they get up there and it's like, is this it? <laughs> and they kind of live in the the struggling and in that. And I think also they, they go immediately to the next thing. Like they look at the worship team on Sunday morning and they go, well, I'm not doing that. And so it like, like kind of – it's like a killjoy. You know what I mean? Mm. Like they kind of get yeah, sad yeah. because they see – and whether or not your church is you know, modern with a lot of instruments or even if it's traditional. If they're just playing piano on Wednesday night and they go on Sunday morning and they see the pianist do such an amazing job playing, you know, um, thank you, Jesus, um, that awesome hymn, you know, they hear that – lady or gentleman playing the piano and it just kind of makes them sad because they're not there yet. Right. And so it can, they, can, they just get super sad very fast. You know, they get so discouraged so much faster, but you know, as student ministers, as we are more mature in our walk, wherever we're at in that age, you know, we need to help them and move them along and encourage them to, to keep going in their instrument and their faithfulness and their, uh, arithmetic and their writing, all of that stuff. I think the last danger I had um, 
of using students to help lead is is sometimes it does become a show. Yeah. I mean, mm. I hate that, don't you? And and not, and not that do. I'm disappointed, you know, and I'm just naming people out. But if my students are listening to this, guys, I love you no matter what. But I, we all know, and you know, and I know, there's been times when I've been when I've had that to wrestle that in my younger years, and I know you've wrestled with that. But yeah, getting up there acting like you're worshiping, closing your eyes and acting like you're a different person. And then you get off the stage and you live a separate life. And people know that. And that's another danger is, is the authenticity um, of worship. And so in really a lot of ways, it can be dangerous because you're teaching all of those, the myriad of other students or the few of the students you have, you know, you're teaching them that Christianity is like, uh, you know, in, uh, in some ways, like believing in a Christmas character. Um, it's it's not real but we do it and and here's the thing if we're going to believe that and allow that to happen to student ministry people then how about we just not have a time during this season of of students not being authentic in their worship um, and in their instrument and playing why don't you just make that really tough decision to say you know let's not have music for a for this coming Wednesday and, and let's and talk and preach on or teach on authenticity and, and worship and what worship means and how important yeah. and prominent it is in the Bible. And that's everywhere. And it's who we are as, as people is to give glory to God. And, and that is very much why worship is, can be an amazing thing in a student ministry, but it can't be without authenticity. You just can't. Yeah, it can't. Well, you know, it is, it's important that we grasp all these the the things we're talking about to, uh, today. It, you know, I've got a, a few few more for us to look at uh, as if you're trying to establish that worship ministry in your your student ministry. Um, you need to be praying for others to use their talents for God's glory. Uh, you may have some students who are very gifted. They may play the piano. They may play any number of instruments. I loved one of the things that I heard you say, Michael, is that, that somebody was playing the violin. I mean, there are a lot of opportunities, and sometimes we just pass over them because they don't tr- fit that traditional, <laughs> I say traditional, but thinking of a contemporary band, you know. Um, I'd love, you know, getting students involved with that. Uh, but yeah, it goes back to that, are there dangers in letting them lead and help? Yes, <laughs> there's lots. Um, another one that I have is that we should use musicians that are leaders on and off of the stage. Just because someone can sing doesn't mean that they need to be the one up on the stage leading. You want young men and women on the stage that are genuine and authentic Christ followers. Uh, to me, this is extremely important. As I was a, a worship pastor in the larger corporate setting, as well as with our students, I didn't want that inconsistency in that area. And yes, students are inconsistent by nature, uh, but um, I wanted someone who was working through that process. So let me ask you something, Micah. I know that you've you've worked in other areas rather than just worship, but as you have been in your student ministry, how do you determine leaders in that ministry, student leaders? Do you have an application process for those wanting to serve in greater capacity, or do you assign those roles um, let's say somebody is going to be on the worship team. Um, how do you go about selecting someone for that? Well, you know, just to, you mentioned something in, in in the last one, but uh, one one thing I try to do, Dan, before I get into, you know, selecting those musicians and the kind of the vetting process is, uh, you know, 
as I'm praying for this user talents, you know, I uh, also opened it during like the announcement time or discussion time, pre-discussion time before the you know worship and preaching and small groups. I, I would try to, hey, listen, guys, we're having tryouts for uh, for, for the worship team for this coming Easter or for a project or whatever, you know, and I would, mm-hmm. I would try to keep that openly every week for a couple of weeks. And then, and then I'll take a break during the summer. And then, and then just when I felt like, you know, let's see if there, as we've had some new young people join us, let's see, I, I would just have a thought or a feeling or a conviction like, Hey, uh, let's, let, you know, I think I'm going to mention this, this Wednesday that, um, Hey, you know, is there anybody that's out there that, um, if, if you're interested in, you know, joining the worship team, uh, we have an info meeting and a tryout this coming Saturday. Get your name and number in, and when you're gonna, if you can be here, and just kind of that's that's kind of what what I do to try to help keep growing that worship team. But uh, on the selecting of music leaders, uh, to me, I can't just let somebody that I know is given over into some kind of sin. And it's evident in the church and without it. Like to me, the people that are scary, the ones that can have two different lives and and do it well, that's scary to me because I used to be able to do it so well. And I know my own depravity. I know my own struggle. Right. And so because I was a preacher's kid and always around those really spiritual people, I was in passively, not aggressively or actively and consciously, but I was passively kind of growing two different lives and, the, to me, it's scary when a student can live two different lives well and not have any conviction. That's that makes me nervous. So I will try to go to the school, Dan, to and and I think it's good for us student workers to and and parents even to go to the school sometimes to see your kids and to to see what they're talking like and and to eat lunch with them, bring them food, and you know make it light and hang out with them. But that that's a kind of a vetting process I have is going to the school and regardless if you're for it or against it or tired of it or whatever, like. I go to the school. I go where people and students are. And so I want to go there because it also will teach me who they are outside of worship, who they are outside of uh, the church, who they are outside of serving. And and when they're at the school, I'll tell you, every time I've seen a worship team person, I'll go by and I'll, I'll kind of go out to – I don't want to say single out, but I'll kind of go and make sure that I see uh, at every church – the leaders of the worship or the leaders of the, the teaching, because I want to see, Hey, you know, what'd you think about that lesson to the teachers, the young, you know, senior teachers or something, I would say, Hey, you know, what'd you think about that lesson I sent last week? You know, do you have any questions? And I could kind of vet them a little bit and check them out and test them. And on the musicians, I'd say, Hey, did you see the song for this Wednesday? And, and Dan, yes, I know every person right now is going, well, who made you the authority? Well, I can't help it, but I just want to make sure that they have accountability because uh, there are different brothers that I have in my life that keep me accountable to my leadership skills and my leadership that God's given me. And, 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 and it is an awesome thing. I'm grateful for them. Dan, you're probably grateful for your guys um, that, that you go to when you're struggling with things oh, to help yeah. hold you accountable. I mean, and so, you know, I, I try to – uh, if I'm going to give a great potential, a great opportunity to serve in the student ministry, I, I have a kind of a, a process. But I've already, Dan. If you know your students beforehand, you'll know if they'll serve. They'll serve well up there, or they won't. Right. And, and there, there's been one time there was a young lady, just just kind of a, a you know a example. I, there was a young lady, and she she came from a rough home, and so I, I immediately, if she comes from a rough home, I have a lot of mercy for her. 
I have a lot of grace for for them uh, because they they don't know really in a lot of ways what what kids that come from a godly uh, parent home they don't know about stewardship right they don't know about practicing for music their parents don't remind them of that and this young lady just came from a really rough home where her mom was dating boyfriends and and and, and long story short she would come and she's like hey you know, I'd love a chance to sing. And I would tell her, I'm like, well, we want you to sing and God wants you to sing. Um, why do you want to be a leader? That was always my first question, <laughs> you know, because typically students don't want to lie. I don't think naturally, but they, they may do. But most of the time I would hear that would kind of let me kind of feel right where they're at and why they wanted to. Well, you know, that lady does it really well, so I want to do it well. And you're like, um, uh, maybe, maybe a little later you know but yeah. this yeah. young lady came up and she's like i just want to give glory to god and i have a talent to sing and i was like oh okay well a couple months into it she started showing up well then she wouldn't show up for church and then she wouldn't show up in her own role that she said she'd be there for and so i didn't plan her for a couple weeks and i texted her and was like hey you know we're gonna rotate you off schedule and we got some of the singers and she quit coming hmm so I, I told this young lady, I said, if you want to, she came back. I'm sorry. After all that, she came back and, and she, she told me, you know, brother Mike, I really, I'm, you know, I'm back. I'm excited. I'm ready to sing. I told her, I said, well, you have to show your, the people that you're leading and rather I say leading, but you know, you have to show God that you're serious about this student ministry worship. Like there's seven of the people that are, that they look for you to keep your commitment and you haven't three weeks in a row. And so I think we're going to take a time where you pray about that. This is something you want to do and we want you to do this. And you have a home here, you know, this is your student ministry and your family loves you. We love you. We're your family. And, but you can't just not show up and not keep your commitment because you're letting down seven other people. And in here, and I told her this was hard to hear, but I, I told her, I was like, if you don't keep your commitment in, in some ways, you, you're not serving and telling God. You're in a way you're, you're breaking your promise to him. And Ed Rector, right then, I mean, immediately. So I, I took two weeks, and each, if she showed up the next week, she showed up the week after that. And I'm a softie, Dan. I'll admit it right now. I'm a softie, okay? Two weeks, she made commitment, and she showed up on Sunday. And she actually, one Sunday, she cleaned up after this, the youth. I watched her. No, she wasn't waiting for anybody to watch her. Uh, I kind of accidentally, I walked to the student room to see who showed up and it was over and they dismissed and she was cleaning up trash. She goes, Oh, Hey, and she didn't tell me what she was doing. I was like, okay. I was like, where'd everybody go? And she said, Oh, they all went out. She went, they went on the, in the, the, the big church. And I said, oh, okay. Okay. I said, well, Hey, keep up the good work. I said, uh, and I kind of left and she was still kept cleaning up and I went back and I was like, you're going to be here this Wednesday to sing. And she, her face just lit up, you know? So I, I think there's accountability. I think we have to give accountability to these students. And I also think that we have to be very careful uh, and selecting those students, and I, I have some thoughts on that. I wrote down Dan some, some kind of, you know, I guess bullets. If anybody wants them, they can email me. But uh, um, I where think can it's good they to email you at? Uh, you can email me at micah.powell at yahoo.com. It's my name, M I C A H period P O W E L L, all lowercase and run together. Feel free to to email me, and I'd love to send those to you. Things I found in scripture that helps me keep students accountable. Um, for sure, and selecting um, good good future leaders for your student ministry. Well, the um, in our show notes, you should be able to to find that email address as well as if you want to reach out to Chris Vines or or myself. Um, we'd love to hear from you, and if you need help or 
uh, direction or any of those things that we can help you with, uh, that's why we're here. Well, the last thing that I have listed on my list of things that you need to consider is this, that you want to speak into the music selection. You touched on it, Micah. Um, You want songs that engage students that are theologically sound. You have the right and the responsibility as the group leader. Even if you can only play the radio, you have to make sure that your music is God-honoring. Don't think since you don't know music that you don't have that right. Uh, You do. You are their spiritual leader, uh, especially as they attend and they serve in your student ministry. And so I think a common theme from what we've seen is that if you're going to use students, and we want to use students in this process, that we need to hold them accountable to the music selection, to the rehearsal times, to attendance, and commitment to the church as a whole. Um, You know, just coming into student ministry is not enough of a commitment, in my mind, for them if they're going to be leading worship. I need to see them also committed to the church because those are the real leaders at that church. And so it can be it can be hard as you as you work on trying to develop a worship ministry if that's a component in your your church and your group. Uh, right now it's not a component of my group. We are a very small group. Um, I have a tendency to have either four or five students that fit in that age bracket of 7th through 12th grade and it's just kind of awkward because none of them are musical. They don't really want that right now, and we're just we're spending time in the Word and relationships, um, but that's part of my goal. I always want them uh, to be worshiping, and if I can help them grow and learn in that area, that's important. You know, while I was serving at, as a pastor of worship and students at Temple Baptist Church, I was blessed with great student musicians that loved serving. Uh, one of our sponsors at the time, I've mentioned him earlier, but not by name, John O'Connor, invested in these young people and helped them grow in their worship leading skills. Uh, John has served um, at Temple now, and he continues that sort of thing, but none of it just happened. Uh, Their influence as youth workers is vital for the worship to happen. Your influence as a youth worker, it's vital, but you have to be intentional. Just like some of these other things, they just don't happen. Um, they don't just fall into place. We have to take some steps. So in a couple of minutes uh, or, or less, uh, Micah, do you have any practical approaches to getting a, a band started? Yeah, I mean, right now? Yeah. We, we yeah. want to talk about how to get one started? <laughs> For worship. Okay. Yeah. 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 Okay. Uh, you know, I think some easy steps that we can take are, uh, and, and again, you know, just wanted to say student workers, I know there's a lot of you skeptics out there preaching the preaching of the word of God is very important. Absolutely very, very, very important and centerpiece of a worship service. Yeah. But this this flavoring of of, of worship or rather music musical worship is what we're referring to. And so we're trying to help people here, you know, walk through maybe a system of of ways to start and, and not maybe every maybe everybody doesn't like maybe not everybody likes the sound of a band. And so just bringing out musical talent to be able to cr- help create and foster a mu- a godly, God-glorifying musical worship service. And so here's some steps that I, I, I've used. And, and this, Dan, this might have been more passive until now. So I kind of just wrote down some thoughts. So, you know, if I'm missing something, you know, just stab me. Um, the first thing I do is pray for God to bring musicians. 
that to me that's the first thing is when and, and typically Dan I I do me I try to I want to know my students and as we mentioned before in a previous podcast if I can um. <clears throat> As I get into deep relationships with my students, uh, I want to do that as fat, kind of as not as fast as possible, but kind of faster, so I can figure out if there's somebody that says, "Hey, I kind of like music." I'll go, "Huh," and I remember that. And then in my office, as I'm preparing worship music and stuff, uh, I've actually Dan never had to use lyric videos. I've never had to use even at those little little churches of six to ten people. It was within maybe weeks. Because, man, I prayed for the worship people, to, that God would provide those people to come, that, that they would then serve him. Um, and then from their side of it, I would try to ask them if they would be interested in serving uh, the Lord by, by helping create uh, some musical worship. And I told them that it was an awesome opportunity and that you know I would be helping them and coaching them. Um, and so that's the, kind of this fourth thing. Um, the fifth thing I would do is I would try to uh, keep them accountable to what they're doing and then spread the word to other people that are in their school that want to serve Jesus by being a part of a, a band or a you know whatever um, different kinds of instruments and and as that grew Dan there, it came to the place where um, getting the word out to the next group. Because, Dan, time is just time. It goes on. And, and before we know it, Dan, we've been in a church for, for five years. And then all those people that we created relationships with that was a band is now about to leave. Yeah. And so you have to <laughs> been there. be been very there. conscious. Seven, to me, the seventh thing, be very conscience, conscious of where, how old and, and, and uh, what grade your band people are in. Because if you're about to exit one that year, I would always tell my students – this is something I wrote down that was very important. Uh, the eighth thing I have, the person playing whatever instrument, bass, you know, acoustic guitar, electric guitar, drums, keys, piano, vocalist, you know, light technician or lyric, uh, you know, computer lyric person, I would tell them if they took the job, if they took this serving role, they would have to disciple and replace themselves. Mm, guys like that, that frees you up like crazy i didn't do it at the first ministry because i didn't i just was trying to work it all out right i was right, just right. like a crazy madman tornado coming in trying to like make everything covered and then i'd preach <laughs> but as i kind of grew i was like you know they need to be discipling that next younger seventh or eighth grader and it makes them get in relationships with kids that are also have interests in their instrument. So it makes, it opens up a lot of opportunities. So then after I've started the band and I tell them with, you know, that, that first commitment that they have to, if they're going to take this, then try to help me and disciple uh, the next, their replacement. And and there's actually, and this is really humbling. I got a call back. It's been 12 years ago that I was in my first minute, earlier ministries, but they're still doing it. Mm. Dan, it's been 12 years. That is, I can't even mention to you how crazy, and I'm like tearing up right now thinking about how awesome that is. That, and now there's not, there's not seven people on the stage. There's three, but you know, there's somebody playing the cajon, which is a drum box, by the way. <laughs> uh, there's somebody playing the acoustic guitar, and there's somebody playing, uh, somebody singing, and they're still doing it. And 
discipleship's huge. So, anyways, those are the kind of just my thoughts. And I love, I love that one though. If you pull somebody in, tell them part of their job is to start discipling the next person. And I mean, especially with a technical position like that, where they're playing something or they are doing the lyrics or they're running the sound or lights or any of those things, that's just a very powerful thing. I mean, you could apply that to any aspect of the church. Um, you know, too often I know we get in a bind on occasion because we need a sound guy or we need somebody to run the lyrics. And uh, you, you, when you only have two or three people who do it, and then what happens when they're both gone or sick or, I mean, you, just all sorts of things happen there. And so that's, that is good stuff. Well, the the subject of worship in your student ministry, you may still have a lot of questions, uh, but we've tried to give you a little bit of direction as we've looked at these things tonight and just to help us help you as you approach it and to work through it and to and to to embrace it better. And so, um, you know, we we're about out of time for today, but let's let me just say that worship is important for uh, your student ministry, and you want to invest in it, and you want to make it something special, not because it is um, something experiential, but because it helps people grow in their faith. And so I just want to encourage you uh, to, to, to make that a priority. You know, I'm loving these conversations about student ministry, and if you're liking what you're hearing, let me encourage you, leave a rating, a review, and you might also share this podcast with your friends and fellow servants. We want to help you grow in your ministry, and that's what this is all about. Um, on behalf of all of us at Student Ministry Matters, I just want to say thanks for being with us today. We hope that that you'll continue to join us as we seek to connect with other student ministry workers. And just keep serving. And sometimes I know it can be hard, but that's what God has called us to do. So let's embrace it together because student ministry matters. Thanks for listening to the Student Ministry Matters podcast. Get connected at studentministrymatters.com or follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Student Ministry Matters. Until next time, keep up the great work with your students because the work matters.